Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beer League. This is kicking off Music Week. I don't even think I told you guys about this. It's Music Week. No, so we're doing sense. Music Week, which is a pretty big lie. It's not just Music Week. We're doing a Music Month. We're doing music for the website and the podcast all the way up until I leave for Coachella. Oh, so it's oh. like all we're doing is we're going to talk music so I get more hyped around it. And then we're, we have, obviously, um, our guest today is East Main, which I love that name, by the way. We'll get into that. Um, we have Daniel and Jeremy on today. Go ahead and yeah. say good day. What's going on? Hi, everyone. Yeah, no, well, thank you so much for having us on. Um, you're actually going to Coachella. Yeah, I'm going to Coachella yeah. as which well. Which weekend? First weekend. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> see there. You yeah. camping? Uh, no, uh, I'm, my brother lives out in LA and he has some setup. I just kind of tagged along. Um, it's are you staying in Indi- Indio? Yeah. Nearby. Nice. Are you, are you camping? Fuck yeah. This is my fourth year in a row. I've never Ooh. been. This is my first time at Coachella. Dude, uh, come in whenever you want. Stop by the campsite. Have a couple of strews before we walk in. I'd love to. I have the, pr- we have the priority access to. Oh, wow. Like not priority, not like not like technically, but we found last year that if you just walk through that, they don't check because all the wristbands are the same. And so we just like walked in and we're like, oh, wow, this line is so short. And we walked through because there's preferred camping, which once again, we literally last year, they wanted us to like park very far back. And the the previous two years, we've always gotten like such a sick site. Have you been before? No. Oh, fuck. All right. So we were like right by the food, like right by the area. And preferred parking is right there. And literally, the guy's like, oh, you got to you gotta go a couple rows back. And I just start turning the wheel. You know, I just start driving. And they're like, really? What are you going to do? I'm in a car. You're not going to like drive away. Yeah. And so we, we got an unreal campsite the last three years. So I'm, I'm pumped for this one. What are you most excited for? Oh, this year? Um, this was actually a rank not too long ago. I forgot who it was with, but my number one is Frank. He's my number one as well. I'm super pumped for him. Frank is number one. I think wow. I had Disclosure up there. Wow. I had um, Brock Hampton, but I've already seen them a bunch. But, I mean, I haven't seen Ginger live, so that's good. And then who else did I really want to see? I got to think of I mean, there's so many mine. people. Yeah. I mean, I want to see Joji. Rage Against the Machine's fine. Travis Scott doesn't do much for me. I've already seen him a bunch. And I'm not... Here's a big thing. Um, We can actually get right into this. Because this is a big topic that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Mm Because you guys Mm -hmm. are actually like... And I don't make music. I'm never going to perform live, like musically. So, do you guys think it's important to perform well live? I don't know if you guys have even had like a live performance yet. But I'm just saying... Uh, I'm sorry that we're we're just really jumping into it, but this no, is I'm great. getting heated, and I already like this guy. <laughs> I like you already, but I met you. This guy can stay. Okay, oh, he can yeah, stay. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I thought you about like kicking him. him out after the first five, but no, no, he he's good. <laughs> um, so, what do you guys think about that? I'm pretty strongly opinionated about this. I I really think that being a live performer is a big part of being a musician. You know, in my opinion, some of my favorite artists have become like I've really enjoyed going to their performances so that makes them me like them more as an artist you know really when it comes to performing live i feel like they talk a lot about how the album itself is really just a piece of it because that's also where you make majority of the money actually too in music where you make like 90 percent. Mm-hmm. so in my opinion if you want somebody to be your super fan and consistently come back you have to be a good live performer yeah i mean i've seen artists that i love and i go see them live and i'm just kind of like eh, you know it was good but i was kind of a little disappointed so 
I totally. I, you feel I'm that way about bro. DJ sets sometimes too. So well, I don't feel as engaged in the DJ set as opposed to, you know, live instruments. But, but that's just kind of how it is sometimes. But I agree with him. I agree with him. My my big thing is so, um, I've seen Chance the Rapper twelve times. So I like once. to think that I've I have like a I have the resume to say what I'm about to say. Um, he's dog shit. Um, <laughs> he's absolute shit. Um, the first time I saw him, I actually saw him two days after Acid Rap in Iowa City. We actually camped out in line. He was opening up for Kendrick Lamar. We waited right. in line at our IMU, and it was like where we had like orientation. And like we had like everything for it's like this little fucking ballroom. Kendrick Lamar's there. We waited eight hours in line. First time we saw a chance, it was two days after Acid Rap. It was like fine, you know, he did the juice, everything was good. We started listening to his mixtapes after and we're like, whoa, this guy's pretty good, right? Yeah. Um Dude, he sucks live. And, I agree. And I don't get when people say like, Oh, you know, playing live shows doesn't matter. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Playing live shows to me and like I think a lot of people out there is really what matters when you go out and like, I feel like everyone, whether you like going to concerts or not, you like something about seeing live performances, whether it be music plays, um, you know, obviously concerts, but like anything, anything Mm -hmm. live, you have like a new appreciation. It's like a lot of people when you see, when they go to the first sporting event, they're like, they'll go to a basketball game or a hockey game. Like, fuck, this shit's so much faster than on TV. And you're like, yeah, yeah." you you get like a new appreciation. And it's like him. It's like, I fucking hate that sing-songy shit where it's like, you know, he says a couple words and then he puts out the mic. And it's like, dude, a lot of times at festivals, you're not getting your biggest fans. That's true. So a lot of walking, walking by and just so you might you might toss out your fucking hand. And it's like obviously different. Like when I saw Paul McCartney, it's like everyone knew, you know, like Blackbird started playing. Everyone's yeah. like, OK, I know this mm-hmm. one. You know, like, yeah, like I want to hold your hand and people like, oh, I've heard this shit. Like, yeah. But it's like a lot of his songs, like at these festivals, people would like, because he was just hot in Chicago for a while. He'd pull it, he'd put out the microphone. No one would say shit. It's like, hey, asshole, rap. And rap gets, it's my favorite genre. Love hip hop. Love, love rap. that. Love that. And so love that. I love going to rap shows. And there's certain acts that I go and see. And this is where I'm going to get with Travis is he has a certain hype to him with his live performances that I get it from certain perspective as if I was younger, if I was 18, if I was 19, maybe if I was 20, 21, um, I'm 26 now. And I don't like just the yelling, not rapping every word. I find it more impressive when I can hear everything. Like if you've ever seen run the jewels, um, atmosphere is incredible live. Uh, like, Oh my God, just so many better artists live. Like Tyler creators, great life. Brock Hampton's live. I love when it's because it's an art. It's yeah. like a, it's oh, like yeah. having that certain flow and being able to rap th- like like I saw Logic live. I'm not even a big Logic fan. Seeing him live and like you know how fucking fast he raps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him live. He didn't miss a single word, and I left that show being like, "Fuck, that's nuts. that dude's dope." Yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's a big deal. I mean, it's funny you brought up. Uh, it's funny you bring this up because I didn't know you liked rap. I oh, didn't know that was favorite. your favorite one. I was thinking. When you said disclosure, I was like, "Oh wow, this is this is great." Um, well, I do like disclosure. I well, who's disclosure. Your, so? Who's your favorite rapper then? My favorite rapper of all time is Atmosphere. Oh, okay. Technically, right. Slug's the only rapper, but um, yeah, I think Slug. He's always got. Uh, do, you, do you know Atmosphere at all? I don't think so. I know so. a little bit of Atmosphere. You know a little but bit of Atmosphere. Much. I, you know? But now, after this world, conversation, I'm gonna be. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Atmosphere has got some insane shit. He is. Um, he's the type of rapper that you can. 
I mean, he's like an old dude now. He's been around since like the 90s. He's been around since like my brother was in high school. My brother's brother's got a kid now. He's like 30. Fuck, I don't even know. Oh, 32. Mm. Yeah, he's 32. And um, he's just dope. Um, I've seen him live eight times now. I just actually went with Kayla. We went to the Metro. I don't know if you guys have been there. Super small. It's my first time being there. Okay. Um, It was dope. But every time I've seen him, he just like, every song he's got is like super impactful, like so much shit to say. And I love that about him. He's like um, if Kid Cudi didn't have like depression. Except Slug's got like major <laughs> depression, but he's got like he's got like some funny songs. But always every song he's got, he's got some shit to say. And I would highly, highly recommend checking awesome. him out. Awesome, yeah, no, I'll definitely check him out. We we've seen a couple good rappers lately where when they're actually because I I agree with you. I don't like when they're yelling. I don't like when they have a huge mob up with them and it's just chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Mick Jenkins actually recently. Okay, you read my mind. Wow. Really impressive. You wow, know, yeah, he, he's not super fast paced or anything like that. It's pretty mellow, chill rap. But the way he delivered his performance overall, you know, you could tell that he really cared about how the audience perceived him and wanted to put on a good show. He wasn't just up there being like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Like he was doing it really. Uh, it was a really impactful performance, kind of like what you're saying about atmosphere. Dude, it's just when it comes to rap, I mean, there's so much like stuff that you see behind the scenes. And now that you guys have actually put out your EP and you guys went through this whole, uh, you know, you went through everything of actually making music from start to finish of your own stuff. Because a lot of bands, they they normally start with covers. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn how to play the music, you learn how to get stage presence, and then you go on and make your own shit. What I like about rap is there's so much stuff behind the scenes that I'm sure that music lovers and you guys, especially creators, can appreciate. Because, like, making a beat or producing something isn't just like it's sent to you and you're like oh that shit's fire like how you yep. see sometimes with like migos yeah. and shit it's like no it's like certain artists that like um an example is uh who's the guy with long hair the italian guy that russ. everyone hates russ yep. okay so like he is exactly. he's hated on yeah i mean Elevate the mindset have you seen some of his videos <laughs> oh yeah oh i mean like i i understand both sides so go ahead so i'm not like a big fan of him but the fact that he's like an all DIY guy, mm-hmm. because I don't care a lot about um, like his like Instagram posts or like when he talks shit about like doing drugs, which I mean, come on. I mean, it's pretty smart. Don't do Xanax <laughs> yeah. and don't drink lean. And don't die when you're 27. You know, the 27 yeah. curse. But I mean, that's for another topic. <laughs> it's like I don't love his music, but I respect the hell out of him. Yeah. So it's like if I went and saw a show after knowing everything and he would just do like sing song. Or like wouldn't really rap his stuff. You would leave there and be like, "Fuck that guy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. you know that, that's like a make or break sometime at these festivals where you can show up. It's like, so here's an example. Every Coachella, my buddy that I normally go with, it's the first year he's not going. His name's Kenny. He listens to the. Uh, he does this actually for every festival we go to, but he listens to the artists from A, all the way down. Wow. And he makes a list. He makes like a little note of everything. And every year he's like, "Hey man, there's the, like this fucking show at." 11 a.m. that we should go see in this stage that you know i don't even know where the hell it is it's like in the back corner and i'll be like okay whatever and then you like go see it and if it's a good show you'll leave me like what the hell like (laughs) start putting it in your phone you start like liking it on spotify and stuff so i hate when people say like oh you know live performances don't matter like fuck you dude that's all that matters in my opinion i think they matter so much and we've seen russ we have Do do you guys like him I, you know, the personality thing with all the videos, like elevate your mindset and all these things. Have you seen like Cody Ko and all these other YouTube comedians kind of making fun of him? 
I really don't like what he has to say, but his music is really impressive. Like you said, the DIY side, his beats, kind of the crew, the way that they make it. Um, it's really impressive. He used to put out one song a week. Yeah. 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 For like 10 years. Yeah. yeah and I, I respect the DIY part of it too. Um, but I agree as well that his attitude is not, it's gotten worse in my opinion. Because before, oh, yeah. you know. He's just making so much money. It, he knows well, that yeah. if he leans into it even more. It's like, I, I could give two shits of what he does, you know, on camera. I don't really care. I listened to a couple songs. I listened to, because I, I saw that Genius put out a whole thing. It was like a couple months ago. Like, I've always heard of him, but I never really checked him out. Um, Genius put out the whole thing, like, why does the industry hate Russ? And so, like, I started listening to that. I What, what song did I listen to? I listened to Exposed. That was okay. I mean, it wasn't bad. You could tell that he's got some shit to say, which I like. And I liked, like, the little shots fired. I always like that shit. But on the whole other side, there's a, there's like still time for those shows when they're just like wild. Like I saw Waka Flocka Flame in Iowa. Um, <laughs> was this when he was doing his college tours? Yeah. I don't know if he said a word. <laughs> I'm like almost 100% sure he didn't say a word. He was just mainly in the crowd, just really drunk. And like nice, yeah. that was still a little fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like I didn't walk away there being like, yo, Waka live. Fucking killed it, dude. Go see that. <laughs> you know, shit. I was yeah. just like, you left there and like, yo, the ticket was eight bucks. That was pretty fun for Tuesday, you know. Yeah. Like, Waka, yeah, yeah, for sure. He yeah. played hard in the paint. Didn't say a word. Didn't even have a <laughs> mic in his hand at that point. W- was it still playing his uh, vocals though? Oh yeah, oh, he was killing it. it. And he was, was playing that it track. It was almost like he was singing. But there's there's a lot of rappers that do that nowadays, where they go to a club and they say it's a performance, but really they're just showing up at the club and drinking, and maybe they just step on the microphone and sing. That's another thing too we should talk about, right? Because if you're gonna do a live show, shouldn't you actually do it live and not have your vocals completely taking over? Um, That's my opinion. I don't know what you think about that. I'm a big hater on background tracks. I hate it. Okay. I think it's a little different when you do like for very very intense songs. Like Atmosphere is a song called "Woman with the Tattooed Hands," and it's like a it's like a bunch of songs where he has like a bunch of like really funny ad libs. It's literally a song about that. He, he was a kid. It was like his mom's friend. She had two uh, tattoos on her hands. One was, they were both the same, but it was like, one was the devil. One was God, but they're, they're identical. And he like watched her like touch herself one night Hmm. and he like talks about it, but he had like these really funny ad libs in the middle of it. So he has the track just play the ad libs in the back. And I'm fine with that. Oh yeah. No, that makes sense. I just hate when it's like, like Chance always does this. Like when he plays Sunday Candy and he's like, especially songs with such big verses that aren't him. Because it's different. It's like if you got a rap, like like imagine if, um, I'm trying to think, like if you saw Frank Ocean Live and you saw Pyramids. Okay. Pyramids is like over a nine minute song. I don't expect him to say every word in a nine yeah. minute song that's so repetitive. Like you could yeah. listen, you could yeah. like let, you know, track say Pyramid, but like I hate when it's just the song playing over you. Because then you can never hear the vocals. Yeah. You can never appreciate them. I like the no track background. That's just my opinion. Well, I don't think those people are just, I, I hate to say this, but true artists in a sense. I think you know, there's really a difference between just trying to put out music maybe to uh, be a party atmosphere or something like that instead of maybe trying to make true art in a way. Don't you feel like save that for the DJs? Like, I think so for the most like, part yeah. like if yeah. Steve Aoki or like those DJs I love when people are like 
dude, they're ma- they're like mixing it and mastering it up there. Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Steve Aoki runs around throwing cakes at each other or people yeah, for like thirty five minutes, and then his set's done. Yeah, like he's not doing anything up there. Yeah, I yeah, I would say that for the DJs. Yeah, I'd We're, say it for the DJs too. It's it's okay to do like, see, um, I'm trying to think of a time where I I liked it a lot. Um, the last time I saw Kendrick. Um, when Humble just came out, I saw the first performance at Coachella of Dam- uh, right after Dam came out. It came out the, at midnight the night before. And when he did um, Humble, he there was no track playing in the background, but he like stopped it and then like the whole crowd sang it and then he did it again. But I remember thinking like if he just let that happen where we sang it and then he like, I right, next track, I'd have been like, fuck that. Yeah. No, I came to see you. And nowadays... Festivals ain't cheap. Concert tickets ain't cheap, especially if you're going to like an arena tour. You're talking like 80, 90 bucks. That's no, true. For, a, uh, you know, a poop seat. Yeah, I, I try to stay away from the stadium concerts. I try to only stay with the intimate vibes where it's kind of more like five, 600 people. Yeah. I yeah. Like that's usually a better atmosphere, at least for seeing a, an artist from my perspective. I don't like being a, in a, like a, what feels like I'm at a sporting game. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't like that feeling personally when I'm at a concert. It's think, not it's about the intimacy, I think, right? Cuz you can feel it more as opposed to being in an, an arena with where you can't really you can dance, but if you got the floor seats, you, there's just chairs everywhere and it just doesn't seem as intimate, right? So, yeah, it's it's definitely better when you're in that atmosphere it's that's cheaper too. It's cheaper. I think nowadays my whole issue with the whole arena tours is I feel like a lot of people haven't earned it like certain acts have like <clears throat> like for example if you went and saw dead and company i hate i hate the dead i'm sorry i know i'm gonna get a lot of flack for that i hate dead and company I hate the grateful dead it's not a popular opinion um but they have earned it they have earned to play wrigley field mm-hmm. they've earned to play giant arenas you know what i'm talking about where yeah. it's like a production as well I think nowadays it's like Little Nas X was doing arenas. Hell yeah, dude! And it's like I'm no no shit on him, but it's like because yeah. it's not his fault. It's not like he went to his manager and was like, "I'm doing a whole arena tour worldwide." It's like no, they're like, "Yo, you made this song 18 times. You have a dis." I hate when anyone has like a, a full discography of like 22 songs. You put out bangers though. I mean. You but you don't arenas. deserve it. You don't no, deserve a tour. <laughs> so it's like if you see Pearl Jam, you're gonna go to a big stadium. Oh yeah. Like if yeah, you sure, see sure. Metallica, you're gonna go to a big stadium. They have earned that. Oh, hundred percent. I hate when you have. see like a new, not an opener is a very different thing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you're opening at an arena show, that's just dope for you. Yeah. But it's like I, some people go on like really big tours really early, and I'm like, well, Lil Nas was just off that one song. I mean, I know Panini's pretty big, but it's really just off Old Town Road. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean. Props to him for milking the shit out of that song. We just watched bring in Billy uh, Ray. You bring in Billy Ray. We just watched a YouTube video on it. Like, um, there's a series on YouTube called like "Deconstructed by Genius." Love it. And have I you love, seen it? I love getting into a genius oh, yeah. hole. Yeah. yeah. But they they just show you how the producer made the song, and actually, it was just uh, a I believe a producer out of the Netherlands or Belgium, um, who made this track uh, off of a Nine Inch Nails sample. And just like set, and Lil Nas found it on the internet, and yeah. they're both small artists. I mean, it's well. Big thing now is type beats. Yeah, you can go on YouTube. You can just say like, you know, Portugal demand type beat. Yeah, and then oh, it'll yeah. be like, yo, free, just <laughs> rip it, and you're like, okay, 
Yeah. That's my song now. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I respect more of like what you guys are doing, how you guys make everything. Um, I'd like to talk more about this, but I want to get into East Main real quick. Sure. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'd like to start off. Can you just explain to me like, obviously I know, but like, let's explain it for everyone. Uh, what type of music do you guys make? How did you guys get your start? Who the hell are you guys to each other? You guys just who two strangers? We? You met under who a bridge? Do I even know who this guy is? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so we've actually known each other for a long time. We became pretty good friends in grade school. And then high school is when we really started to build that friendship. Um, super close with his family. They're like a second family to me. We've known each other for over, what, almost 13 years now? Uh, 13 years. Yeah. We used to play travel baseball together is how yeah. we first initially really met. Oh, sports. nice. Sports, yeah. will, sports will do it. But, but yeah, so, I mean, we can go into the history of how we even started the whole music thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, n- neither of us have too much of a musical background, per se. Like, none of our parents are musicians. Like, uh, we, neither of us grew up playing instruments other than the recorder in grade school oh, oh, i ripped that um, shit dude i was gonna say ours was fourth <laughs> oh, yeah. grade i remember that shit hell yeah <laughs> shit banged <laughs> and we learned a little guitar in seventh grade but other than that um in college actually we went to different colleges uh, my roommate was a producer for a long time still is a producer i actually did a project with him it's on spotify called miracosta if you want to look it up but it regardless out. of that like he taught me a lot about producing our style of music was maybe more in like a chill ambient electronic uh, kind of like Odessa, if you know Odessa. Oh, yeah. Um, we were big fans of Odessa and Flume, uh, Petite Biscuit, really influences like that. Um, but me and Jeremy, we've always had a little bit different, similar taste in music. Like my other roommate, maybe more on that electronic side with Jeremy, it was a little bit more on the hip-hop and R&B side. That's like all we listened to in high school was hip-hop and rap and some pop, but really no music like odessa nothing like that yeah it was really, really something know. i discovered in yeah college. yeah actually he turned me on to odessa because before I, it's not that i was closed-minded to different music but i didn't really take that next step until um actually disclosure and then odessa so that's kind of mm-hmm. how it started but it was really just rap at, at some point yeah for for the majority of our childhood but i think college and early adult life um at least Spotify told me I listened to a lot of genres in my 2019 report. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Um, but I, I mean, at that point, we had so many different influences. You know, I listened to a lot of house, a lot of uh, future bass, uh, indie, alternative, hip hop. And Jeremy, really, I know that he has a lot of similar influences. So when we started to work together, it was because we wanted to do something within our own control and have, uh, you know, our own unique taste of and blend of uh, different genres. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a huge influence. Obviously, Mac Miller, you know, he's a huge influence on me. Um, Kay Trinata is a big one, too. Which oh, Kay Trinata is my biggest yeah, influence. Kay Trinata is a big one. We're actually going to see him. You like Kay Trinata? Yeah. S- sorry oh, to that's somebody I'm in oh, hyped yeah. for. for yeah. sorry, to, sorry to interrupt just for a second, just because I fucking love Kay Trinata so yes. much. Yes. Um, so I got to tell you this. So last year at Coachella, you know how Ariana Grande was like the big thing? Mm-hmm. So Kay Trinata was playing at the same exact time. And normally how Coachella does it is they shut down everything just for the headliner. But then like a, like usually like anywhere from like 15 to an hour of their set, they open up other shows. And Kay Trinata was the last night. And I love Kay Trinata. I remember first hearing him on uh, Anderson Pox Glowed Up. 
Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. remember yeah. like watching that music video and just being like, I want that refrigerator. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Where he's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I know he's just pull, pulling everything out. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I was like standing there. I went, I went with Kayla, I went with, um, another couple and we're, I was just like sitting there and like, no disrespect to Ariana Grande. It's just not, not for me. I, sure, yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact, yeah. she does not make music for me. <laughs> I know that. And I was like sitting there patiently cause I know they wanted to watch it, but like I could hear, Okay, you're not a startup. Oh man, I would have beelined it too. Yeah. Started, oh yeah. I started looking up, and um, I just remember Kayla looking at me and like, "Yeah, we can go whenever." And I just like bolted because <laughs> I heard it, and it was such a unique show. I love producers. Oh, I love like Flying Lotus. Uh, oh, Kate Trinata was one who I um, I missed it Bonnaroo because like no one wanted to go. And I don't know if you've ever been Bonnaroo. They have the worst bottleneck in the whole world from getting to the main stage to everything else because it's it's like a hundred thousand person stage it's like a big field but then it like completely bottlenecks so it like like a funnel and so it can take up to like 30 minutes to get out of there and so it's we um who did i watch there oh fuck yeah i watched chance and i remember (laughs) i was was shit talking him. i was heckling him from the way back the whole time and um, I just remember I missed it and I was like, oh, sad. And so I ran there. He played one of the most interesting, cool sets I've ever seen. It was like really? disco, yeah. pop. Wow. It was like hip hop, but then it was like hip hop with like a jazz beat bot. It was yeah. like, it was such a sick show. And I, and I, and I've always heard that when he first started his live performances, he was terrible, but he didn't really know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So sure. I saw him two years after. And it's like, I loved him. Like I, I've seen a lot of people or I, I know a lot of people that have seen him before and they're like, uh, you know he, he's not that good and so like i was just like i'm gonna peek my head in you know yeah you know i'll try anything twice so it's like i we went over there heard him he was incredible and then i told people i was like next time you get a chance see him and a lot of people now are like oh yeah no this is not the first time i saw him so i would i would highly recommend you guys said you're going to see him yeah we're oh, going to see yeah. him i mean we we have uh tickets to his tour for his album too it's at aragon I mean, I personally, Katrina is my biggest influence when I'm producing this album. I love his blend of styles of hip hop, R&B, house, um, even like a kind of just general electronic music, too. At the same time, he has such a unique flow and he talks about it because I've, I've watched some of his interviews, you know, because he's Haitian and also in Canada and the way the type of music that he listened to growing up the way it influences you can really tell like there's nobody who makes music out there like Kedronada right now it's really unique in the way that it sounds is it kind of weird uh i'm just thinking this now that you said it. i couldn't agree more it's it's there's a lot of artists out there that have tried to switch up styles like uh little wayne tried to do a rock album kid cuddy that. tried to do more of you know like his sad shit vic mensa is doing punk now too exactly like that and it doesn't quite work i think the only artist that i could truly think of is i believe childish gambino did a really nice mm-hmm. job with yeah. um like he went to because of the internet and then awaken your love uh, redbone like redbone like yeah. that that's a good example katrinata does that from a producer's because think of this when you listen to someone you go like that person's got a sound yeah. oh yeah he has like a sound throughout all these different genres completely it's like weird like you'll hear it and be like oh you could tell this is like a katrinata made this even though it's like one thing's like a disco thing and then you've got like a trap beat yeah. but yet you're like that's the same dude and that's dope to me that's so sick i agree completely because you think about glowed up versus maybe if you heard the song girl by the yeah. internet versus you know maybe one of his songs uh off his new album uh like taste or what do you need like that's really more housey almost in a way our house influence 
all the same kind of synths and kind of eerie sounds that he uses to make it sound like a hip neo soul jazz funk kind of influence yeah, yeah and we'll be making songs and daniel will just be like hey how's this sound and then it's it all goes back to Catronata vibes right because we're trying to go for that funk house hip-hop type of a feel um obviously we're trying to do it our own way but that's where we get a lot of our inspiration from and it's funny because every time he makes a beat the bass is like is this it's like a Catra it's like a Catra bass you know yeah so that's how that's yeah that's kind of how we we structure things it's it's do you feel it and then then go from there and we just kind of it's great when for those producers out there when you when you feel it it's like oh hell yeah because then you can really i mean we've made songs in less than two hours before Mm -hmm. if it really clicks like that you know we can come up with an idea and really run with it and it doesn't take too much time there's other times when you know you don't really feel it as much and it takes a little bit more time but eventually you see what you've created and it's it's really worked but yeah we've we've had moments where we've just clicked yeah no i totally agree but i think every artist on some level is trying to make an emulation of what they really enjoyed listening to from the start you know, I listened to a lot of uh, like Hall and Oates, random ass band because my oh, rich my girl d- baby, come yeah, on! My dad loves Hall and Oates, but I listened Low to low key. A, that is a party banger. Oh, hundred percent. If you play Rich Girl on like a trolley or like a party bus or something, you're you're no. gonna get everyone singing that. Everyone, it's a bitch sing- girl. Yeah. Everyone's gonna go nuts at that part. Yeah, everyone knows it. Hall and Oates, the fucking shit. They are. I agree. We listen to them all the time uh, growing up, especially with my dad. But um. When you listen to an interview about them, they talk about how they're when they're making their own music, they just one of the I forget the guy with the mustache. What's his name? I don't even know if he's Hall or Oates. I still don't know. Regardless, they could be standing in front of me saying I'm Hall. I'll be like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, he said that when he's making a song, it's just an imitation of an artist that he loved growing up. So everybody's trying to meet the standards of the person that they really fell in love with music when they were like first starting it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The last thing I want to say about Kate and then we'll go back. Um, I actually have two points. Uh, the Kate thing that I think is so dope with him is a lot of producers, you know, it's the producer because of their tag. Like, yeah. you know, like Murder on the Beats, mm-hmm. you know, you got all that stuff. Um, yeah. Him, he is the first producer or like DJ that I can really think of that you could play a song without that tag and be like, <laughs> I smell Cajun out in the air. Oh yeah. I think the only other people that I can think that have done it on such a high level is Daft Punk. Okay. And that That's pretty spot on. I think Daft actually. Punk has put out some very different songs from like get lucky to around the world where it's like almost sounds like, like you could definitely tell like other DJs like dead mouse got definitely stole a little bit of like the like tantric shit. Yeah. But it's like, you know it's a Daft Punk song. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're not a big fan, like, you'll start hearing around the world, like, ooh, sounds like a robot made this shit, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Daft Punk. Yeah. So, Kei Trinata has that. Um, what kind of music do you guys make, then? What, what is East Main? What's the go-to? Because, obviously, you I know music? your influences, yeah, but yeah. what do you guys think? I really think, uh, first and foremost, uh, it is rap and hip-hop. Jeremy, as a lyricist, is rapping for the most part in these songs. Occasionally, he is maybe kind of a mix between singing and rapping if there's choruses or things like that but it's rap not traditional it's really got an influence of funk uh an influence of jazz even in there an influence of r&b 
it's really not meant to be uh maybe what you'd hear from like a soundcloud rapper right now mm-hmm. you know what i mean um it's oh, really so it's not shit that's good <laughs> <laughs> no no that's good yeah. that's good <laughs> you got more than six bars in a song no i like that oh yeah. yeah that shit pisses me off when people are like yo old town road like low-key like a lyrical masterpiece like dude are you fucking kidding me each verse is like four bars yeah wow what are you fucking talking about yeah, those people don't know dude yodeling boys got more fucking bars than him are you kidding oh me? yeah yodeling boys got hey. so much talent are yeah. you kidding me hey get him on a track I, i'd love to dude <laughs> i love to are you kidding me i saw him his uh first ever live performance at coachella i remember oh, he shit. came out and we started losing our shit well one of our buddies andy didn't know who he was oh and so so, so he starts doing the yodeling um he throws his head in the crowd he starts gunning you know shooting yeah. guns at these hot chicks in the front everyone's losing their mind people are crying and i was like that's pretty <laughs> good to see um and my buddy's just standing there and he turns and he goes who the fuck is this little kid and i was like what bro it's yodel boy and he's like yodel boy He's like, who is Yoda boy? I was like, you fucking kidding me? He's like, Everyone he is the Messiah. You probably <laughs> thought everybody was crazy. Yeah. Well, he was just like, dude, what do I not know? Is this like, because we saw uh, Weathan. He, he yeah. came out of Weathan. So I was like, why the fuck what? is Yodelin boy coming out? And really uh, that was hilarious. But him in the crowd, I wish I wish I got a video of it. Because him literally standing there like, Everyone's freaking out. He has no idea what's but going some on. Some guy was on his knees, like crying. Oh man! And I was just like, "That might have been me." I was like, "I wish Yodeling Boy brought out those emotions." Like, I wish yeah. I saw him. Like, oh my god. <laughs> um, all right. So you, so you guys are rapper. Um, I want to ask you. So you're rapping. I assume you got a little like vocals on, uh, like singing, mm-hmm. little melodies. Uh, who do you like to draw um, comparison? Not comparison. I don't think that's a good word, but. Um, who do you like to like draw inspiration from lyrically in the rap community? Because I'm obviously a big hip hop guy, so I just yeah. If we're if we're talking just about the flow of the song, no, not just that, but like um, so it's like how I said atmosphere. Like when atmosphere raps, he means shit. He's he's got something to say. Yeah. So do you try to be like more like that? Do you try to have like a lot of ad libs? Do you try to have wordplay? Um, honestly, a lot of well, not a lot. Everything that I write about has something to do with past experiences mm-hmm. so and you got some shit to say yeah i got some shit to say i think people go. people can relate to that and you know a lot of it is stuff that i went through but it's also stuff that um it's it could be a future potential so i would say yeah i have a lot of shit to say everybody has a lot of shit to say but i like to do it in a way that people can relate but also you know i want people to hear our songs and they it's not like that mumble shit, right? Mm-hmm. You can understand what I'm saying. And when I listen to a song, I want to know what that person's saying. We're in a time now where, I mean, I've outgrown that mumble rap type of a, type of shit. So I want to know what I'm, what I'm singing and what I'm hearing. Um, mm. well, I think the best music is the music that you can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've always had in my listening to music, I have personal songs and then I have like bangers. And I believe personal songs will always last longer. 100%. So it's like a banger. Like, um, think of like, an, I'm trying to think of an old, pa- how old are you guys, by the way? I'm 25. So, so you're only a year younger than me. Yeah. 20, you're 25 though? 20, almost 25. Yeah. Okay. So you're a year younger than me. So that's good. So, um, do you remember when, um, Love Sosa came out by Chief oh, Keef? Yeah. Oh, how could and, like, you forget? That, that song was a banger. You never really listened to it by yourself though. Like, I don't. 
but that's what I'm saying. It. Like you heard it at like parties and bars, and everyone just like bitches love so so. <laughs> and then you had like the Bauer remix, and everyone was like getting hype with it. Yeah. But then you have the personal songs. Like for me, a lot of atmosphere, Kid Cudi. I love Jack Johnson. Um, those songs like always come up, and I think a lot of people really noticed it this year with the whole Spotify shit that mm-hmm. came out with the whole like decade. And they'd yeah. be like, dude, I listened to like, like you didn't listen to a lot of like, um, like bangers all the time. You listen to more like personal songs. So it's like songs that you could relate to songs that like make you feel an emotion, not just like that you want to slug a Bud Light or something. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, I think in the moment it may seem like that song's sick, but a year later, I mean, think about Mo Bamba even. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a great example. Music is continuing to move faster and faster. Bangers are going to come you know? and go. One hit wonders are a real thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what we don't want. Um, a lot of my inspiration, just as far as style, too, would be your Gold Link. If you combine Gold Link and K Tronada together, I think it's. Well, they're on a lot of songs together. I know. And they're all mm-hmm. amazing. So that's that's where we get a lot of our inspiration yeah. from. Um, and Coda. Coda the Friend. I don't know. Do you know Coda the Friend? No. You should, you should the, definitely check out Code of the Friend. Code of the Friend is, we have, personally for me, I have m- multiple elements of how I like to deliver my lyrics, but he's a huge inspiration because I love chill rap, but I also like house vibes too and um, hip hop. So it's it's like you, you need to check him out because yeah. if do you like chill rap, oh yeah, you'll like it. Yeah, no, he's he's super chill. I feel like he takes a lot of inference too from like Mac Miller. Even I don't know if you. Oh yeah, Mac Miller for sure, for sure. Um, so did you did you listen to like a lot of his stuff like after like listening movies with the sound off and yeah, honestly, I was more of a fan of when he first came onto the scene. You know, kids, kids, but dude, kids and best day ever. Yeah, those were. It's so sad what happened with Blue Side Park, just because. He had so much steam after Best Day Ever because let's be honest, Kids and Best Day Ever were great, amazing. They were really good. Oh, yeah. so, they were yeah. really good, solid albums. Um, but Blue Side Park, I mean, that's that's an exact example of when going too mainstream, selling out too fast. And I know that he's gone on record and say like, you know, it was the record label and he was offered all this money and it's hard to turn down millions and millions of dollars. Got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to mm. you got a short life. If you can retire by thirty. Because you made a hundred million dollars off a shitty album, who who gives a fuck? Yeah. But um, he got it back when he started. I don't know if you um knew this, but he started uh, writing with uh, Earl Sweatshirt. He started hanging out with okay. that Future a lot. Um, and they got him onto like his his new wave. Mm-hmm. And so that's like when he started like um listening to music with or listening to movies with the sound off faces, all that shit. And he had a complete resurrection. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was insane. Yeah. No, I agree 100% because I think a lot of his music, it, it felt like he was actually truly trying to make music he enjoyed. I think in the, there was a phase where there was a couple albums. I forget what the one with the, it was kind of red in the background. He's maybe naked. You know, it's I don't know the name of it, but I know you're talking about one of the newer ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he, he maybe had one or two hits on those albums. You know, ones that maybe you'd be like, all right, this is cool, but, you know, not something I'm going to listen to for years on end. And now he's coming out like a, I love the latest album. I thought it was a great album. Um, those are songs that I think, like Good News, I think is a song that I'll continue to listen to. Mm-hmm. Blue World. Um, you know, I think those are songs that are going to continue to stay in my library and going to keep getting plays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only bigger flop I can think of is Big Day by Chance. <laughs> <laughs> I know I sound like I, I should on Chance. Uh, yeah, you ten, hate Chance. Ten Day is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Acid Rap is 
very good. I think good, ten, yeah. 10 Days is the best. I like that. Acid um, Rap. Acid Rap is great. Um, coloring Book is, is fine. You saw him slipping a little bit, but he had a great one. Then Big Day, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck Dude, happened? Dude, I'm oh, not kidding you. I maybe listened to two songs and never listened to it again. Also, the song that's popular, I, I don't I know don't if it's like just that. me. I think it's not good. What is it even called? Hot Shower? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Hot Shower like is good. I got yeah. muscles. Yeah. Like, and that's like... Dude, that's like, it was a single. That's like not even good enough to be a single. That's I a agree. good thing. Mm. It, it has a, t- a lot of listens on Spotify, but am I like, I don't know. It just sounds like it. it's almost comedic the way that it's delivered. Well, like, blew up on TikTok. TikTok's a big thing now of how to get yeah. your music out, which is pretty crazy. I mean, that's how Little Nas X became popular. Um, I know, uh, what's the Baby No Money and Y2K? Yeah. Um, I think it's all about finding to get out of your shadow because like uh, Y2K and Baby No Money have teamed up with Young Gravy. They're starting to make like Young Gravy. They're starting to make like no Young Gravy. Like different music. Wow. He looks like just like one of one of our friends, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but back to it. What do, who do you think are some of the best lyricists in? Oh man. And then I'm coming to you about producers, but best lyricist Kendrick's up there for me. King. Yeah. He's king. Uh, he is king. Dude, talk um, about a guy that can't even put out a bad album. When people were trying to shit on to Pimp a Butterfly, it was like the nicest shitting on it. Like, well, it's not hype. You're like, okay, yeah, it's still a banger. <laughs> That's the best you can come yeah. up with. No, he he is just an artist. I mean, true artist. Um, but, you know, you can, you can talk about your Drakes and you can talk about, um, you know, your Post Malones and people like that. But overall, I... I think they're very talented, obviously. I, I like both of them. But if I'm going to look at, you know, a true lyricist, I'm, I'm looking at Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. It's just crazy how how poetic he is. And it's not even, you know, cat, bat, you know, those type of rhymes. It's, he didn't even have to rhyme. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm blown away by it. And it still works. Yeah. You know. It's like um, Lil Wayne on Carter 3, Drop 3. You'd be like, yeah, this shit's fire. And then he came out with some like, eh, you know. <laughs> the Carter 3 was Oh, peak. Drop 3 is the best. Yeah. I mean, that was shit. I don't know if you guys even watched the documentary. I'd highly recommend it. It's like 35 minutes. No, it's dope. wait, oh. where can I? Oh, you can just can find it on YouTube. Oh. It's awesome. Okay. It just shows him like how he recorded it, how he was like uh, producing and everything. It's dope. We'll check. We'll for sure check that yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's uh, he's real good. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you listen to like any... Uh, were you like a fan of Odd Future when they were around? I know they broke up recently, but mm, not like Tyler, too much. Earl, Damo, Left Brain. Not too much, no. It's okay. What about Brockhampton? You guys mess with Brockhampton at all? It's I, funny. I used to listen to them more. Honestly, I hate to say it, but ever since uh, what's the name of the guy who who got kicked out? Amir. Amir, yeah. I I loved Amir, and I was really disappointed. That was a big breaking point for me. Yeah. Yeah, really, we do like Amir. We had a moment there where we listened to Brockhampton pretty religiously there, and then yeah, kinda it just kind of dropped off. But do you listen to Ginger, the latest one? No. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's a Is good album. Good? No, they bounce back because the album in between saturation. No, not saturation. I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it. But them. Yeah. I was. I got. I mean, we make out six albums and. Have you listened years, to any though. of Amir's single shit? I have actually. He's been coming back. Yeah. So his music's pretty crazy. There's one where it's just an 808 the whole time. No drums, no synths or anything. And he's just talking wow. about depression and mental health and how fucked up he is. It 
it's really intense. Another song. documentary. Watch that one. The Vice, yeah. the Vice thing on Brockhampton. It's mainly Kevin Amstrak, but they touch on a lot of Brockhampton. Well, he's Brockhampton. the leader of it technically. Yeah, kinda, right? he's the guy that started it. Yeah. Dude, I love watching those documentaries. Oh, it's so good. They're uh, they're yeah. pretty quick. They're like. 15 minute episodes they're really oh, good that's, though that's good they like show how they got their start it's like it's still filmed when they were in uh, south central so it's like really mm. funny uh, it's like you see them like recording in like a closet like that yeah which is hilarious because we're just in a loft talking so that's <laughs> it, it's always funny yeah but, i had some random dude because we had our last promotion that we posted on instagram comparing me to matt from brockhampton i'm like wow who is this guy? dude matt champion yeah. yeah that's an insane compliment i i was i thought it was a great compliment yeah. i was like wow you know that's that's great. I don't yeah. know who this guy is, but I should give him a shot. Dude, uh, it's okay. what? What? Oh man! No, it's uh, it's Gold Chain when he opens up with "I rock the boat like a one-eyed yeah. pirate." Oh, dude, that's oh, my that's favorite line. Great. Rick James, I got glitter great on my first. eyelids. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that shit's that shit's insane. I'm so excited to see them. Go, no, go I've heard they them. have an amazing show. I like. I've always heard, regardless, which is something that makes them a better artist. Is I heard they always put on a great performance. So I was telling you how Kenny listens to the whole lineup. Yeah, Brockhampton was one of the people that he told me to go to, uh, and he only described him as a boy band. I was like, fuck that. I'm like, I'm not going. <laughs> And I showed up and I was just like, ooh, I remember hearing Boogie because they opened up with Boogie, mm, like the da na na na, da na na. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I was like, this shit's fire. I'm like, yeah. this shit's awesome. So, yeah, I would highly recommend them. How well, sustainable of a, of, a, of a group do you think that is, though? Do you think they're going to last around for a while? I mean, if any of them get big enough, I feel like they'll just separate. So, I think where Odd Future happened is Tyler was so much bigger. Yeah. Like, as soon as Yonkers dropped and he ate that roach, like, his life was never the same. Like, he just outgrew everyone so fast. Kevin Abstract is very much the leader, but he is still running all of Brockhampton, which I think is smart. Yeah. Like, Tyler Creator, he got so big where I don't think that he could have, he, you know, I think he tried. And I think it's hard to keep all those personalities. But Brockhampton aren't, um, like, friends how Odd Future was, and I think that's a smart move. Like, they're not, like, friends from... A couple of them are friends from high school, but it's, like, they're not all friends. You know, like, the old saying, yeah. like, you don't want to start a business with your, like, high yeah. school friends. You know, you don't want to go oh, to no. business with oh, friends. <laughs> oh, music's <laughs> different, but you know that old yeah, saying. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, I think it is sustainable. I think what they should do is that... So, right now, they're not allowed to go off and make their own shit. Oh, really? It's like, like, it's a signed contract? Yeah, so right now, they are Brockhampton. Mm-hmm. Kevin Abstract is the leader. He can go make out his albums which are, they're very good. Um, I think once that's up, they're going to do it. And I think what they should do is do it where you break off, but then you come back like maybe once a year, once every two years, and you do a Brockhampton. That would be cool. You're right. That would generate a lot of hype, I think. Because that's something that I can think of going to like an arena tour where it's like um, like how Jay-Z and Beyonce or Kanye and Jay-Z, when they went on tour, they have their songs, but then they have their individuals. So it'd be like you do a Brockhampton song, and then some people would drum back, and like Matt Champion would do his song. Say Amir was still a part Not of the true. group, he would do his single. Dom would do a single. Yeah, uh, Bareface would sing on like you know they would be like collaborating with someone, like how like an odd future they had like Left Brain and Dom with Mellow Hype. So it's like I could see something like that happening. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, kind of similar. I, it was a long time ago, but I saw that. Remember when uh, Drake and Future came out with that album together? Oh yeah. I saw that I saw that gas. tour, which, yeah. oh my god, that insane. album, man. Wow. But I think Future came out first, then Drake came out, then Future came out at the end, and then they did it like the, you know their album together. Yeah. 
I think that's a, actually a really cool concept. Thinking about it, it, it actually could up really well. It's it's also allows because some some artists they do the longer concerts, which I think are fine, um, but you lose steam. Like w- the first time I saw Mumford and Sons, they had a th- two and a half hour set. Holy shit. And like you know how like slow their music is, so it's like long? you know it's getting to like one a.m. and you're like, oh god, I'm a little tired, and you're like, oh god, okay, I need some like hype. So I think that's a good way to like break it up. Yeah, you could have like Bareface come out and like sing a song. Then you could have Mad Champion go in on like a drill rap. You could have Abstract come out and do whatever the hell he does. He does everything. So I think that would be really cool. Um, Also, with having all the producers, all the other people, their managers, all that stuff, I think it's good. I mean, we'll see where it takes us. I think it's smart that they're stopped putting out three albums a year. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I I think it was almost too much content. You know. You have to be strategical based on the place you're in. For us right now, we're trying to put out as much content as possible so people can we can see what people are gravitating towards and also get more momentum, more of a following. But if we ever reached the point where we were really successful, I wouldn't be putting out an album or an EP every month like we're trying no. to kind of do right no. now. Like Russ, too, even mm-hmm. going back to that asshole. A thing that a lot of people say as soon as they get into the industry, a lot of people don't realize this, that they've been working on this their first album. So you, uh, Lord, for example. Lord worked on her first album for five years. It's a long fucking time. It's half a decade. Worked on it for five years. And then she puts it out. Everyone loves it. And then it's like, when's the next one? Next year? She's like, fuck no. What are you talking about? Like, I can't come out with an album in one year. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect with fans and, you know, people in general. This shit takes time, man. They thought that it happened a week ago. This shit takes time. Oh, you didn't just cut that shit all? Kanye made that one album in seven days. Uh, well, I mean, Connie's the goat. Yeah. <laughs> Connie's the <laughs> shit. He's not in that category. No. No, he's, he's an anomaly. I truly believe, so I love Kanye. Love Kanye. Um, he's, I think he has put out some of the best albums that we'll ever hear in our in my lifetime. Um, I think he truly is a savant, though. And I think when it comes with every savant, they're a little fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. They always say the line between genius and crazy is really thin. It's because, like, dude, if you think of, like, past savants, they always had, like, a little something. They're always, like, on the spectrum a little bit. And with him, I, I don't think there's anything different. I think he's a crazy person. I just think he's really talented at doing certain stuff. I 100% agree with that. He's just he's just fucking insane. <laughs> but he makes good shit. And he's doing... Uh He's doing. Uh, he's going to churches lately, and he like he came to Chicago recently to do a oh, sermon. Yeah, Sunday service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get back on it. Eastman. I had a couple more questions before we get into a fun portion. I've been thoroughly enjoying this episode, by the way. Thank you guys. Yeah. So, um, oh shit! Now we answered everything. I'm gonna just ask some. Um, so, what is like for me in the podcast and like the website that we're creating? Um really interested in hearing other people that are doing stuff like what i'm doing um you're creating something out of nothing and you want to create a name for yourselves so my big thing is what i tell everyone that is a part of this we got to have goals Mm -hmm. goals are something that you need to have you got to start achieving something you got to start reaching for something if you get complacent that's when you're dead so do you guys have any goals i don't mean to put you on the spot if you don't have any no big deal but do you guys have any goals there you where you want to see east main in like the next year I, I mean, I have some goals. Uh, I don't know if we've necessarily talked about all of them, but at least in my head where we're at. Um, I know I want to get to a certain monthly listener amount, mm-hmm. which is yeah. something on Spotify. Oh, you I know, have that as well. 
I I'm taking it baby steps right now. I'd love to get to a thousand monthly listeners, and then from there ten thousand. But that's the first goal off my mind. I don't know if you know there's a Spotify for artists app yeah. out there, and like basically what you can do is you can utilize all that data and. We see how much songs are getting plays, and we want to get as many streams and followers as possible. So that's one of the short-term goals. I don't know if he mm-hmm. has anything that he wants. No, to. honestly, that's we haven't even really talked about it, but that's our main goal right now. Is and even now, you know, we've we've put out one EP. We're about to release another one, and even we haven't completed everything just yet, as far as you know the the nuts and bolts are concerned. But we've already started on our next project. So. We're not stopping just because we finished one project doesn't mean we're going to take a break and then eventually go to the next one. We're constantly coming up with new ideas. That way we can continue to release music because, you know, we're in the we're in the stage in the beginning stages right now. We got to keep building momentum yeah, engagement is mm-hmm. Yeah, because en- engagement is huge. I mean, it's tough because there's been so many different moments in music where the way that you come up is like through a different channel. You know, at one point, I think SoundCloud rap was really big, but I don't think the the engagement or the same kind of uh, activity is going on in SoundCloud as it used to be. And so, I mean, we do actually didn't even put out our EP on SoundCloud. We only put it out on Spotify, on Apple Music. I think it went to Tidal. We used a service called uh, DistroKit. But um, I just think we're at an interesting place in music right now where the level of engagement, a lot of it is done on social media, which isn't something that I particularly like, but you have to be able to try to build momentum and a big way to do that is yeah. by producing a lot of content. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think one of the things, just going back to Brackhampton, that I think they did so good with the first three saturations all coming out in a year is I think the biggest thing that they did is they had so much music out where people, and it's going to sound like a bad thing, but I think it's good, where they didn't even know which album the hit was from. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. heard Gold Chain. I, I've heard people like, oh yeah, like, I love saturation one with gold chain. You're like, that's eh, not where it's on. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it's like, I think that's a good thing though. Cause it's like when you, cause then when you're like, Oh wait, that was their second album. Fuck. What was their first one? Like, yeah. then you yeah. go back and look my big goal for the podcast. And I, and I, and I think it should be the same with artists. Correct me if I'm wrong. My whole goal is this. So say that I think this is our 30 something podcast. I don't know exactly when this is coming out. I want, if this is the first podcast that you listen to of mine, I want you to be like, oh, shit, that was so good. I want to go back. I think it's the biggest compliment in the world to see previous songs blow up, previous yeah. podcasts blow up. It's like, um, I personally hate Lizzo. That's a super unpopular I, opinion. I'm there with you. I don't think she's talented as much as people think she is. Um, but there's like... I mean, people are like, wow, Truth Hurts is a great song. Shit came out three years ago. It did, yeah. I, no way. I don't know why it took so long to blow up. But, but I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, People started impressive. hearing Good As Hell and her new shit, and they're like, ooh, I wonder what the old stuff is. And I think that's such a big compliment. Wow. Yeah. If you can get someone going back, yeah. not just being like, ooh, I can't wait till what they put yeah. out. It's like, no, I don't even want to wait. I'm going to go listen to the first one. Yeah, and no, that's a great point. I think that's why engagement and just sending content and having new new songs out is a huge deal. Because it's gonna hopefully get us to that point where people hear a song and they're like, "Holy shit, East Main! Let's go back. Who who are they?" And then they go back. And uh, yeah. I think another one, a, a goal of ours, is we've already kind of touched on this, but just don't become, you know, basic. You know, because yeah. you get to that point and 
you get a little too mainstream and people are just like well, i don't know i don't right. ever want to i don't think yeah. i might i would ever want to be a top 40 artist i know that sounds weird but i i personally kind of like the indie scene one of our biggest influences that he touched on code of the friend turned down three uh label offers because he kind of prefers to be in the indie scene and be more uh with just his diy crew and like more in control yeah 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 there's a lot of artists who've done that route and i think uh the value of it is you keep control like you said you also kind of stick to your roots of maybe what your original influence is i don't really want that to be clouded by anything else yeah i mean it's just been us two so we kind of build off each other when it comes to ideas and i think the, the minute you bring somebody in like that it's just gonna it's gonna change things and that's what we want to avoid i think what i maybe that i'm just like drawn to because i'm thinking of like a lot of things in my head that i like about this but you want to almost be like a quasi celebrity yeah it's like i'm trying to think of someone like um you know pretty lights oh Mm -hmm. oh yeah no they were the first ones who brought odessa on tour actually yeah he was stepped away from the mic but they brought um, us on tour like i remember seeing that guy when he was taking whippets during shows (laughs) <laughs> and like being like you would never hear him on the radio you would never hear anyone but his devotion or like devoted followers are insane mm-hmm. uh, a lot of house people have that bass nectar has an incredible yeah. incredible fan yeah. base and i almost think that's better yeah I where agree. you might not be charting you might not be all over the radio but you have these fans and i think that is the biggest thing that i'm trying to do i'm not even trying to be the number one podcast in the world we are the number one podcast in the world by the way oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no um I just want to have like people that enjoy it and they can come. And I think like, that's what's so cool about like intimate setting concerts when it's like only like, like, um, I went to a bunch of shows in Iowa. There was 50 people. Um, uh, I'm not a big fan of this, but, uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis came right after they won all the Grammys. It was 50 person show. I didn't go cause I'm not a big fan, but like, that's dope. Yeah, it is dope. Like, um, do you hear about glass animals recently? No, uh, they I like just, Glass Animals too. They uh, released a tour and basically their tour, they're going back to all the venues that they went in their first tour. So they're all five to 600 person venues. I think they I might be that. going to uh, the Vic or no, it's not the Vic. That's that's definitely a Tell new Tell you Hall? Uh, I, don't rem- I don't remember. Maybe it was Lincoln Hall. Oh, uh, it could be Lincoln Hall. But they're going back there, sold out within under a minute. But regardless, I think that that's just echoing what you said i see you're yeah. i think you're seeing a lot of people do that um post malone think about how big he is he still has his dive bar tour yeah. um chance did the intimate venues kendrick was doing intimate venues um it's just something i know flying lotus does that all the time he'll play for like 15 people it's just dope i think that's awesome shit's insane yeah because that's it's like um dude going to a show is an experience and if you leave being like and let's be honest people love the limited shit it's like why brands like Supreme or Bape are like so big. And like, I got a bunch of Supreme clothes down there. I got rare Jordans in my case over there. And I like love that shit. But it, it does give you like the want. You know, it's like if if East Main, when you guys blow up and it's like if you went back and did uh, what Glass Animals were doing, it's just like cool. Yeah. It'd just be like, yo, there was like, uh, think of any secret show you've ever heard of. Like when someone's like, yo, it's a pop-up show. Glass Animals is playing at the Vic Theater. Only 30 tickets. It's like, but I win. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Shit's dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think if you look at a full circle, if circle, if that was, if that happened, that's when you know 
you know, you, you made it to where yeah. you want to be. You did it right. Yeah. I think a lot of my favorite concerts over the past were in like really tight intimate venues like that. I remember the first time, which Odessa has been my favorite artist, actually. Have you the seen them yet? I've seen them probably four or five times okay, now. Yeah. The they shit. they put on an amazing show but oh, the yeah. first time i saw him was in college when i i went to school in st louis and where'd you go uh washington university in st louis oh dude yeah. yeah one of my good buddies went there oh so you're smart, smart as shit he's pretty smart yeah, yeah. good for you <laughs> thank you uh, <laughs> oh wait who would no 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 i'm thinking of a different guy never mind keep going but r- regardless i saw i saw them uh right after they released in return and even though they that was probably the are uh, the probably the album that blew them up it's got that shit on vinyl yeah. down there so do I, we have that shit on vinyl Love back that. at our place it's an insane album it was only uh maybe a one to two hundred person venue and we got to meet them after the show like they met everybody because it was just such an intimate venue and to this day that's probably my favorite concert of all time even though it wasn't you know crazy on the visuals or anything like that but being able to be that close to somebody who you really admire at least from a production standpoint yeah, it doesn't nothing tops that really. When it when it comes to that as an artist, that would be so cool to engage with your fans like that. I I mean, how many of how many times do you go to a show cuz we it's it's the same thing, right? You go to Lollapalooza, you go to Coachella, or these big venues, your favorite artists are playing and then as soon as they're done, you just walk away, right? I want to be somewhere where I can interact with the people that enjoy what we're putting out. At the end of the day, you know, just say hi to them if they want pictures or whatever the case. It's not even about that. It's just interacting with people who actually like your shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's dope. Let me tell you a funny story before I ask my next topic. Um, so I met Atmosphere when I was 19 after the, uh, was it the first time I seen them? I think it was. I think it was the first time I saw them. Um, Slug. So it's Slug and Ant. Uh, Ant's the producer. Slug's the rapper. Slug was at the bar. And it was like this like super small venue. It was like the one that's like 60 people. And he was at the bar. And no one was talking to him. I was like, fuck, I'm going to get up there. And so I walked up there and I was like, hey, Slug, like a big fan. My name's Joe. Um, can I buy you a beer? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I called the waitress over, the bartender over. And I was like, um, can I get two Bud Lights? <laughs> and, I, and then he like pulled out some money. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, you're my idol. Like, I want to pay for this. And then the girl brought over the beer and I like went to give her the money. I totally forgot I had the X on my hand. So, no. so she looks at me and she's like, I'm going to need to see some ID. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm 19. <laughs> and so I just looked at him and he's like laughed and like paid her. And I was just oh. like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I just like left because I was so like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, fuck, that was wow, my first that's, one, that's one to remember. <laughs> I just remember being like, yeah, no, no, put your money away. And then I was like, oh, that would have <laughs> been so, so slick. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. been could have been. <laughs> Um, all right. The last question before we go into timeout, I want to talk about the writing process for you guys of how you actually come up with songs. Because I'm very fat or infatuated with how great bands in the past, like I don't know if you knew this, but like Led Zeppelin, how they used to come up with songs, is they used to go in a room. They they like were they would meet at someone's house and they'd be like, all right, you're gonna go into like we're all gonna go into different rooms. You get 20 minutes to play, uh, like come up with a part, like whatever. So if you got your drums, you're gonna do the drums. If you were guitar, you're going to do your guitar rift or whatever. And then they would meet up and they would play everyone's and they would just be like, that was really cool. Let's make a song around that. Damn, I had no and idea. And it's like, that's yeah. insane how like some of the greatest bands of all time 
can do something like that. Because really, I believe certain people that are artists that make it big, it's up here too. Mm-hmm. Like you're born with something that you know. So yeah. I'm always fascinated. So I would love to hear how you guys go about making your songs. You know, I think with a lot of our songs, it first starts off with my production. And you'd say always a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, he, uh, Jeremy never really comes to me saying like, Hey, I got these lyrics. It usually builds off him feeling a vibe off something that I made. Mm-hmm. And, um, the way that I at least always start is one of two things, either a sample or chords that I've built myself. And I always start with some level of synth or chords. And when I get it to a spot where I feel comfortable or I feel like it's really going to hit a vibe, I'll build a quick beat around it and at least try to give it, give a rough sketch, you know, of what it potentially could be, but enough where you could see the potential in it. And when I'm building these chords, um, I'm trying to make sure that I have the right layers around it. So that way he sees what I'm trying to go after. And if I hear him saying like, Oh shit, like that right there, like, I think you should build something off that. That's when we start going, okay, like let's sit down, let's see what, what we can make off of it. So we'll start putting as much shit as we possibly can into it. Like let's try everything that we possibly can as much drums, as much since if it doesn't work, like fuck it. Like we'll just take it out. You know, we try to be as experimental as we possibly can in the process of making our songs. So we try to use a healthy mix of sampling because, you know, although I'd say, like I said, we haven't had a huge musical background. Uh, I know the piano. Jeremy knows guitar. We don't incorporate much guitar into our into our uh, songs at all. I wouldn't say even at all. Not too much, no. no. But really, for the most part, playing the keys and like adding that sampling mix because with a lot of our, at least what we feel are better songs, they come off from a really unique take on sampling and using the right EQs, the right filters, the right reverb to make sure that it really resonates. And... Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of work. So yeah, I mean, I would ho- totally agree with that. Um, we work better when we're in the same room together because I can look at him and say, "Dude, that's fucking dope." Or I, I, I don't really, f- I don't really feel that. And we got to the point where if one of us is just not okay with something, we'll either try to make it work in a different way, or Usually we, just, we scratch it. Yeah, or we yeah. just completely remove it. Um, What's and the point if both of us aren't into it? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if, I mean, there's there's times where we find a middle ground um, because we both, we all, we like the same music, but we also like other types of music that maybe he doesn't like as much as I do. So we try to incorporate that how we can. And when it comes to, you know, Daniel will throw something together and I'll be like, dude, that's, that's dope. And then I'll just kind of sit there, you know, and just listen to it. And honestly, it's, it's just what does it make me feel? You know, I can always tell from the bob. If I yeah, if, if I'm playing the, it and I can get the see bob, him in the background, mm-hmm. he's just bobbing his and, head. And I'm just I'm like, I'm okay, like, oh, he's starting to like it. I, I yeah. can start building on this a yeah. little bit. And, and um honestly, for me, when it comes to writing and I write everything myself, I haven't really ha- I haven't had any help from anybody. I've had, you know, a lot of this shit just comes from my experience. So I'll be I'll be feeling something that he's made and then all of a sudden in my head, I've, I've already got a direction for it. And it's we, not just my idea goes, we collaborate because we have, to, I want to be on the same page. So everything that I write in my head and put down on, on paper, we, we go through it, we test it out, we see how it sounds. And then 
we'll move on from there if, if we both like it. I feel like we try to be pretty quick with it, though, to be honest. Like, although we want to make something that's from a production standpoint really comprehensive and something that's built out in full and, you know, actually true art, like it, when we're trying to build an idea, we try to be quick because the quicker you build out like a really rough sketch, the more you could fine tune it later. So yeah. like when we really start with an idea, I'd say it might be only a couple layers of different chord progressions or synths. But if you get the right rhythm in the background where a lot of the hip hop and house comes from, it really comes from a lot of the beat and the drums and the percussion. Um, you know, once you build out that rough sketch, I feel like it's much easier than to continue to build off of it. Cause in my past experience, there's been times where maybe we're trying to fine tune just one small thing. You know, if you really just look at the broad scheme and really paint that picture really quick, I feel like it gives a better chance of being a really full-fleshed idea. And it's crazy, um, to mean to interrupt, no, it's no, no. crazy how one little element can cause a wall to come up and you're like, you're stuck, right? If we have that base and we really find something at the lowest level almost that we vibe to, we just, we just kind of go from there. And All then, about the vibes. Yeah, vibes. Oh yeah. Um, the one thing that I wanted to say, uh, that's super fascinating to me. I, to me, it almost sounds like, I know this is the first project you guys put out. It sounds like you almost have, um, a veteran's mind from being where you want to get down the outline before you do it. Cause I believe a lot of people when they first start getting into music, um, I used to make beats and stuff and I'd have people and they would always want to like, if I was just doing a simple drum, they'd be like, I'd be like, oh, this is good. Like, we can move on. They're like, no, no, no. We got to, like, perfect it. It's like, no, no, no. Because if I perfect the drum and then we go on to the next part, then you're like, that drum sounds like shit now. You know what I mean? Or it's like, that first part didn't even work now. So it's like, I like that you guys are doing the rough outline and then fine tuning. Yeah. Yeah, I I like that shit. Because you got to get the, I like what you said about the head bobbing. Because it's like, you know, when you have, like, any good friend, it's not just like a partner, you have this certain chemistry. Yeah. That you just know without like talking. Mm-hmm. So it's like he sees you bobbing your head. You might have some lyrics going in your mind. He might already be thinking about the the next step of the beat. And then he notices it and he's like, oh, yeah, that's going to work. It's but. funny, though. There's times when we'll just be chilling at the house on a weekend or something like that. And we won't even it's not even like we're our goal is to not really work on music at that time. But he's just, just chilling. Yeah, we're just chilling. And he just starts to make something. And then next thing you know, I'm like, yo. What you, what, I was bad. thinking about I'm, Free My Mind, dude. Remember, oh. Oh, it's the second song off our first EP, Free My Mind. I was making actually a totally different song. And for a lot of producers, like they know of this thing called Halftime. Um, it's basi- basically a plugin in our software where it'll take a sample and it'll slow down the tempo by half. And we were just fucking around and trying to make this kind of fast pace, maybe house influence more beat. And I just plugged in halftime and immediately I was like, Oh my God, like this is perfect. And I'm like, this is totally separate song though. Like I need to just scrap this. We're starting something brand new. And Jeremy, I don't think he heard it right away. I was like, just, just wait on two minutes. I'm going to build a quick beat. Like you will hear it. Trust me. And I built that beat and then like immediately he was like, Oh shit. Like that's it. And within maybe like four hours, we had that song done. I think it got to the point where he'll start making something. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, man, dude, I don't know how that sounds. And I just don't even say anything for 
probably the majority of the beginning because I know it's at some point going to turn around and then I'll be like, oh yeah. But, but this song, when he showed it to me, it was just instantly just like, oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be a really good one. And then I think, yeah, I think it took like three hours and we were just completely done with yeah, it. Yeah, you finished that song. so I know. Um, it's actually funny. Our, the song In a While, <coughs> that's been the most receptive song. And, and that it's was got the, the most streams so far. Yeah, and that was the very first song that we ever made, just us two. So to see that, I mean, that's that's pretty cool to me to see that that like the first yeah. idea is the most, you know, popular one. Um well, that, both of those ideas that we're talking about just came together so yeah. fast because yeah. when it clicks, it really clicks. And mm-hmm. I know there are some songs where it takes a lot of time, but you know, when shit clicks and you could get put something together really quickly and you're already vibing to it you know it's most likely going to be uh received well by at least our our peers have received those well yeah is your um before we get to the last question um is your ep self-titled is it just east main it's called autopilot oh autopilot yeah okay yeah so it's autopilot by east main the the one so i don't have spotify but your cousin sent me it okay and i was only listening to like what she sent me but i can only see east main so i didn't know if it was self-titled or not yeah Yeah. autopilot 2 coming out soon too as well there we go i like that um all right last question how'd you guys get your name so (laughs) we've we've known each other for a long time and we went to the same high school together we played you know baseball together sports really uh, made our bond stronger in that sense but it's actually a street that really is close to to my house yeah um yeah. that's it's, like that's w- where i hit the deer oh man <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh do we want to talk about that for a second oh well. <laughs> it's your story oh, oh man. man we used to go to this really weird sketchy place called turner camp i don't know if you've ever heard of turner <laughs> camp <laughs> no turner camp. it's just this place where people have like little summer one two bedroom houses okay and there's like no driveways no streets it's it's really random but we went there to go smoke with our friend in high school allegedly there's no cameras allegedly yeah yeah (laughs) but um i was always the designated high driver because i don't i was always the person who was best under control and it it was like a 10 minute drive home so what we did is we we uh smoked a j and we were driving home and we lived in an area we lived out by barrington uh if you know where that is yeah i live in palatine so i'm very close yeah that area is pretty spread out you know not many street lights it's dark at night so we were going home and i was driving his car oh yeah so oh yeah not my own car (laughs) and we're driving along and basically uh we're getting close to this neighborhood bar and out of nowhere a deer sprints onto the road i slam the brakes as hard as i can this deer comes up on the windshield does basically a barrel roll jumps off runs off dude that's where you gotta uh, cue in the meme the holy shit it's jason Bourne. That, that, that would work perfectly my poor little black mazda six they man. thought i hit a person i i i thought my life was over joe i thought my life was over i because i didn't see it happen and then i'm like oh my god what do michael I, my brother michael also thought i hit a person oh, that was scary and yeah. it was my little car was that on east main yeah what was it I don't know. Oh, it was no, a blur. No, yeah, no, it was on East Main. No, because that 
That is East oh, Main Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was all a blur to me. Wow. I'm getting I was thinking sweating. it might have been perpendicular to it, but yeah, no, that, that was on East Main Street. Uh, so, but, it's, so it's after a street. Yeah. But East Main was spelled M-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, we went with Main, like Gucci Main, because actually the name was taken. So we yeah. decided that we would just mess with it and just make it East Main with a different spelling and it would work. Um, it was just kind of a funny joke. But actually, uh, you know, I've heard of a lot of artists having to do something similar, like Odessa, having to change their name to having a Z because there was another band with two S's. Well, it's funny they mentioned that. We're Beer League official because Beer League was taken, and I <laughs> thought it would be funny if we added official at the end, even though we're not <laughs> the first. That is, that is no, it's That's funny. Hilarious. And now we have the copyright. Oh, so. yeah. Who Can't came first, shit? huh? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Beer League or Beer League official? <laughs> So, Beer League official sounds more legitimate to yeah. me. Well, you're the number one podcast in the world, so yeah. coming up strong. Yeah. All right, let's get into some games. So, um, our first one is we're gonna do a team building. Ooh. Ooh. So it's you guys. I have a couple of trivia questions, and I want to see how you guys do. So you're a team. Oh, okay. Okay. We can be friends. We can, we can uh, try and be friends. Yeah. I like. What him, year did the first Coachella happen? Dude, this is all. Is you. this a multiple choice question? Nope. Oh shit. Oh, uh, I have an idea because I know the first music festival really was Lollapalooza and that was started in, I think, 1996. Nope. Earlier. OK, never mind. I'm going to go. It's funny because that's actually a trivia question for the next music guest. So that's actually funny. It's 1991. OK. Yeah. Oh, that's OK, well, maybe 1996 for Coachella. I, I think it's in the late 90s. You're not wrong, okay. but you're wrong on 96. Well, I would say he's got a better idea than I 99? do. 99? 99. Oh. 99. Um, okay. Um, what was the first ever hip-hop song to chart number one? Ooh. Could it be Run DMC? Could it be... Wait, was it? It wasn't Vanilla Ice, was it? It was Vanilla Ice, oh, Ice, Ice, um, Baby. There you go. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I thought it was uh, Hypnotize. Ooh. B-I-G. Oh. Ooh. I thought that was one. But I guess Vanilla, it only charted dude. up to three. Well, Vanilla oh. Ice... He had yeah. some more mainstream appeal. Um, yeah. What is the Sears Tower modeled after? I feel like we should really know this one. The Willis Tower? You the Sears Tower? Don't. don't you're you're <laughs> my kidding, age. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> we don't call it that. Oh. <laughs> uh, was it modeled after? It's a hard one. Like, can you give me a hint? Maybe I I don't know if um, I fully understand the question. Maybe what's it like? Uh, is it modeled after a shape or? Yeah. Oh, oh so shape. it's um, it's. What do they do a lot of in Mad Men? Have you seen that show? They drink a lot. What else do they do? They smoke a lot. Oh, it's modeled cigar? after a pack of cigarettes. Oh, really? wow. Uh, it's supposed to be like one's higher than the other ones. Oh, so you know, now that like I that. think about that, I think oh. I've heard of that. Before. It's supposed to be when you do this. To only get one out, how one would fly out far. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. It would be like layers. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then my last question is, name all four countries that end in the letter L. There's only four. Three are easy, one is hard. I'll give you that. Give me a second to think about that. Brazil? Brazil. Um, they end in L. Yes. Okay, let me think about this. You get two hints on this one. Nepal? Just tell me when you went. Nepal, yes. Hell yeah. Um, I'm starting to, like, I'm trying to, like, check off the, the globe right now in my head. I'm like, okay, North America. 
Canada, United States, Mexico. Were those two hard ones or are they easier ones? No, those ones? are two pretty easy ones, <laughs> in my opinion. All right, all right. There's one more easy one and then one. Can I get a hint on the continent? That might give it away. Yeah, that might. Africa. That's your first thing I was going to think, too. Got Nigeria, you got South Africa, you got usually Zimbabwe. Pe- usually people uh, guess Istanbul, so I'm glad that you guys didn't guess That's that. That's a city, right? Uh-huh. Mm. Libya, Morocco. Wow. I'm struggling here. Yeah, Go for the other easy one. Founded after World War II. Oh, shit. Um, that's not Poland or Czechoslovakia. Was it what Prussia turned into? It or was the Ottoman Empire? It was given to a certain people. Holy Land. Oh, Israel. Oh, damn it. Uh, the last one, Africa. Can't believe I didn't think of Israel. Um, I think that one's a pretty easy one. Yeah, no, it is. I it just is, can't believe yeah. it didn't pop in my head. This is the hardest one, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean... Uh, not a lot of people know this one. There's a lot of countries in Africa, more than you think. It kind of sounds like a name of a bird. Mm. I keep thinking Zimbabwe for some reason. But it's an ocean bird. In Finding Nemo. Oh. I want to oh, say it I starts with an S, doesn't it? It does start with an S. Okay, okay. We're getting somewhere. It's a good question, right? Yeah. It's not. It's good. <sighs> I might be way off. Go for it. Senal? No, I don't think that's I think I think you're just mispronouncing it. It's Senegal. Senegal. Oh, Senegal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, that's what, <laughs> what like I was thinking. Really to be that's, that's, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Yeah, it does sound like an ocean bird. Um, yeah, seagull. That's a that's good description. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so now we're going to go into Taboo Tuesday before the ranks. So this is, I just want your honest opinion about these All Taboo right. Tuesdays. So basically, Taboo Tuesday is uh, stuff that the internet has argued about. Nope. And I want to hear your guys' opinion. We oh, might get into an argument. I love this. Yeah, let's do it. I'll throw a bow or two. I don't know. Yeah. Um, pineapple on pizza. You go first. Um, personally, I would never do it, but I'm not opposed to doing it. It's just I'm not going to go and ask for pineapple on my pizza. Okay. Yeah. So I you think wouldn't try anything twice. See, I'm a big I'll try anything twice guy. I would. I would try it again. Okay. I'll try anything, anytime, but if you're asking my opinion, is that somebody <laughs> something I would choose to get? No. I, I personally don't think fruit on pizza is, is a Dude, good move. Put meat on your pizza. Okay. Meat. I think, or vegetables. Or vegetables. I, yeah. I like vegetables on my fruit pizza. Fruit does not belong on pizza. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever had avocado on pizza? No. No, I don't think I have. No. I'm just curious if that's ever been have tried. Have you? I'm sure. I like I'm avocado sure on everything. Pizza. Have you tried it? I'm sure you can go to a CBK right now, and I guarantee they got to have one. Yeah. Ooh. Right. Ooh. Don't put sure. that in my head. I'm not sure, but I'm sure. Uh, ketchup on eggs. Nope. No. Fuck that. Fuck that. Nope. Yes. Cholula. That makes me want to gag. That's what you need. I was going to say, yeah. I'm, I'm a hot yeah. sauce guy on eggs. I, I don't, like, your your cousin does it, and I'm, <laughs> oh. and I'm, like, fine with it. It doesn't piss me off, but, like, I've I maybe when I was a kid I did it, but I just love hot sauce. I don't yeah. know if you guys have seen the show Hot Ones. I've done that oh, challenge. Oh, hell yeah. Hot Hot ones, that yeah. Show. yeah. Um, I've done that challenge a bunch. I actually just finished it off the last dab. Um, it's very good. Um, but yeah, I'm always a, I'm a big hot sauce guy. Yeah, Cholula, Tapatio, uh, like any of those, um, like the kind of like sweetened. Is it Tapatio kind of or Tapatio? Tapatio, you're right. Okay. 
if, if I just didn't know if I would it's got kind around. of a, a sour t- hot sauce. I really like that on eggs. I got this one down there that's a red habanero. It's the best mm. thing to put on eggs. I do mm. this uh, breakfast burrito. Let me tell you this. So I do this Ooh. breakfast burrito. You lay it down. I like a warm tortilla. The oh, last yeah, time yeah. I made them, everyone's like, no, no, I like it cold. I was like, you're a fucking what? psychopath. Yeah. Um, so I like a warm tortilla. <laughs> then I do these scrambled eggs. I do the Gordon Ramsay in the pot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so good. So I do the scrambled eggs. Then I do bacon. And then I do these garlic chive tater tots. That sounds wow. amazing. You could also do hash browns. I like tater tots because they're not like just one thing. You sometimes get a pocket of them. Yeah. I like that. And I like that they're a little bit more crispy. And then I just wrap it up and I put the hot sauce in there too if you want it. Oh, oh it's so good. Do I'll you make like, it. Do you like to cook for other people? I do. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm just 100% Italian. So we. Oh, yeah. Can I just say one thing? I just random. Ketchup is disgusting by itself. Never mind. Now we can go. I don't know if I've ever had ketchup by itself. People, I've I've not kidding you. I saw somebody take those little little packs of ketchup and just eat it and just in their mouth with nothing. Uh, I've Damn. only I've only seen that in Big Daddy. Oh, that's that. a, Dude, it was disgusting. That's pre crime. Yeah. You can you know if Minority Report was a real thing, <laughs> get those guys up because that guy's got, gonna have something in his oh, basement yeah. that you're not gonna want. Last one. Um, this was in the news recently. What do you guys think about reclining your seat on an airline? Oh, I hate no. Okay, actually, so I don't want to be tall. too opinionated. So oh, I personally wow. have a big problem. Yeah, that's I have a, what this segment is. Okay, well, I <laughs> fucking hate it when people do that to me, and I'll tell you why. It's because I'm six two, and I have long legs. I got six seven downstairs, yeah. so he, I'm sure he feels your pain. Yeah. I never recline my seat because I don't want people to do it to me, because it's a pain in the ass if you're on a three hour flight and you got long legs and. Yeah, have you ever been on those international flights too, where you can lean your your seat back far, like not not just a little bit? I had a kid do it to me on the fl- on a flight to Italy, where he leaned back. He was basically sitting on my lap. Ooh, that's when you just gotta touch his hair, and then he gets back up. <laughs> what do you think? When you're not as tall as six two, you don't really think about that too much. Now you know how tall people feel. Yeah. And now you know what you. short people feel like when you come in front of us at a festival or a concert. Yeah, dude. Uh, How about you go in the back? Yeah. <laughs> Check um, your height privilege at the <laughs> door, huh? <laughs> no, I uh, I personally don't do it uh, just out of respect for the people behind me. Um, I'm not thinking about tall people. I'm just thinking about the person behind me in general. So, But now I might think about tall people a little bit more. And just yeah, maybe, I'll, do. maybe I'll just do it to them on purpose now. Trying to be an advocate for yeah. tall people. <laughs> because <laughs> tall people have just a rough time it's so hard out there <laughs> yeah um uh, so let's get into the rank did he tell you about the rank oh he told me all okay, about it nice. i was looking forward to it. i was thinking about it and i was it's honestly tough for me to to rank four musicians so we go d to t bottom to top mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay um jeremy let's start you off Ooh. well um actually this yeah this took this took a while to think about i b for me would be the red hot chili peppers you've never seen them i have not okay i'm sorry no that's fine i'm sorry um i literally no. just told your cousin that i'm so done with seeing them i've seen him so many times that i'm just like yeah, I'm, I'm good with never seeing them again how many times have you seen them i think eight <sighs> yeah i just i just never i'm good them. on it yeah no i t- i'm jealous um no i have just never seen them i would love to Three, K Tronada, but we were about to see them, so I'm super excited about that. Yeah. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him before. Yeah, sorry. Um, number two, this one was kind of difficult for me, but I did go with Code of the Friend because 
he's a big influence for me and then mac miller i never got to see mac miller unfortunately but yeah those would be my top four but it was hard it was really hard there's i can add so many to that list yeah but those four really stuck out in my mind all right daniel all right so yeah i did a lot of thought by the way i did a lot of i had a lot of thought about this because he was mentioning to me and at first i started putting down people and he's like wait you've seen them already i was like oh shit yeah i guess it should be people that i haven't seen yeah um so i started thinking a lot about it and number four to me is actually disclosure i've never seen them i'm so pumped to see them at coachella i don't know if you've heard the recent ep no i haven't but i heard it's good i'm a big fan of it uh at least like four four out of the five songs i'm a huge fan i really get impressed with the fact that they can just release these huge pop hits and at the same time they also have kind of underground sounding music and they can kind of just go back and forth how they choose i think that that's super impressive on their part but i'm hoping that coachella they do something pretty special for it because i feel like they just dropped an ep i heard they might drop another one like right before they actually go live and i'm assuming it'll be a show not just a dj set sam smith too said like oh i better be on oh better shit. come out there for latch first oh, time i saw yeah. him he came out to latch but uh he was like a nobody oh really i think that was the only song i like knew him from that's pretty crazy at that point because now yeah. he's huge oh yeah um going to number three uh it's tom mish or tom mish i don't know what the right way to pronounce his last name is actually it's debate yeah we we say mish but i think it's mish but that's okay yeah. do you know tom mish I want to say the Radiohead guy, but that's not him. No, mm-hmm. it's not him. Who the fuck is the Radiohead guy? He's on the Coachella lineup, too. I can't even think of his name. Yeah, no, I know I know who you're talking <laughs> oh my about. God, I can't even think about it. Who's Tom Meach? Uh, I don't know how to say it. He's <laughs> a, a British producer. He's really like, uh, he plays guitar. Um, he plays violin, too. But it's like, uh, it's really kind of like chill and also upbeat jazz soul, but with like, a little bit more modern percussion i'd say mm-hmm. uh he also sings over he's got a really good voice i just think him live like he's a producer and he does it by himself all in his room i've seen him do it like on videos but at the same time when he goes live it's with a full band so like he has a drummer and a bassist and you know tiny uh, desk concert the npr yeah yeah, yeah. he's he, got he a, has a really good one great tiny desk yeah. i'll check him I out watch it. Yeah. yeah all right number two uh is uh see here oh it's fkj do you know fkj no who am i thinking of fk twigs that's what i'm thinking oh fk twigs i'm not i'm not trying to talk about fk twigs no 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 that's <laughs> who i was thinking of no i don't know fkj uh he's actually a french producer um he, i don't know if you've heard the song Tadao with masego maybe i don't think it's a so pretty, pretty big video on uh youtube but just uh, a guy who's like a real instrumentalist he's like more chill ambient electronic which when I when I graduated from high school, maybe started exploring more genres like chill, electronic, kind of ambient music was really what I was into at first. And um, FKJ is just really good at playing so many different instruments, and he gives an incredible live show. He'll do those kind of concerts where you talked about where it's maybe only 20, 30, 40 people. Yeah, like, the intimate ones. Yeah, and he'll just make a beat from scratch with his guitar and his bass and the keys and do it like build it right there in front of the crowd and i've heard his shows are amazing but i didn't get a chance to see him when he came to chicago recently who's number one well i don't know if you're gonna know the this this one as well it's uh the name of the band is jungle no wow you that's number one yeah actually it is a curveball for me it was a curveball yeah well i started off with the more mainstream one with disclosure (laughs) 
Jungle is wow. actually, it's just a band. There's like seven people in it. Um, two people really do majority of the production, but it's supposed to be just a hell of a live show. Um, one of my friends saw them. I think it was like them and uh, like the XX were performing at the same time or something oh, like that. I love the XX. Okay. Oh, they would, they're really close on to getting on this list, but um, yeah, just also really cool vibes. Uh, you should definitely check them out too. Jungle's got some really good vibes. Definitely. If you ever get a chance to see the XX, go see them. I want they're to insane. so bad. No, that'd be fun. It's, it's such a good show. I heard it's super chill. Yeah, but it's awesome. And they always end with angels, so it's great. A little cry amazing. at the end. Oh. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and like a little, little <laughs> tear to run down your face. So um, mine's, mine's going to be very different than those two lists. So uh, my number four is Coldplay. Wow. I love Coldplay. I love yeah. Coldplay. Never seen them. You've never seen them? No. I went, went back in the day when they did those wristbands, you know? Like uh, they would light up different colors to oh, the, yeah. the song. You've seen Chance 12 times, but. He's just, he was always at festivals. I'm a big yeah. festival guy. Yeah. Um, Oasis. They can somehow oh, okay. get back together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah that'd be a good come time. Come on. That'd be a great oh. time. <laughs> come on. It might happen. Uh dude, no, that's like every that's like every week. It's <laughs> like every week you hear that, and then the brothers hate each other. What what are you gonna do? And then um it's like every festival you hear, like, oh, I think Daft Punk's gonna play. It's like fuck you. Um number f- two is gonna be Sublime, but with Bradley no- Noel. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um it's a damn shame that he died before the album Sublime came out because that yeah. album is a goddamn masterpiece. Yeah. I have that on vinyl too. It's so good. Um, and then number one is going to be Frank. Frank. Frank, Frank. Sinatra. Fra- uh, or Frank Sinatra or Ocean? Uh, Frank Sinatra. I thought you were going to go Frank, Frank Ocean. Uh-huh. Uh, Frank Sinatra. I mean, that guy. That's a I curveball for me. I love Frank Sinatra. I'm a big golfer. And the people that I play with, uh, we listen to Frank for the whole time for five hours. Wow. I love Frank. So good. So chill. Um, all right. Well, first, I'd like to thank you guys very much for coming on. We are oh, we appreciate your f- it. Yeah, Beer League you. is your first um, radio podcast appearance. So when you guys blow up, <laughs> you know, no. to come on. Yeah, we we'll would remember. love to have you back on. Hell yeah. You know, definitely. Um, and then stay tuned more for Music Week. We still have the Goose Thumbs coming on. We got Jordal coming on. And then we're working on a special guest that I can't quite tell anyone because it's not locked in. I don't want to do the thing where it's like this person's coming mm. on and they don't. But uh, stay tuned with that. Remember, we're still doing the thing. Um, you guys should help out with this if you guys want. Um, here on the podcast, we do. If you follow us on iTunes and Instagram, we donate a dollar to charity. Yeah. Half the proceeds sure. go to the Children's Hospital in Iowa. Half the proceeds go to Alzheimer's Research. Love that. So definitely check that guy uh, that out. That'd be greatly appreciated. Go check out East Main Autopilot One. Autopilot two. Is this autopilot? No, uh, no one on oh, that sorry. one. No? Auto autopilot. Uh, you can find that what Spotify, iTunes, yes. anywhere. Uh, even title. If even title. Oh, on title. That, yeah. Yeah. Shit's bougie. I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. right. really Thank you guys very much. Thank you so yeah, much. Appreciate right. it.